Well, greetings, everybody, all you boys and girls over the ages of 18, hopefully, because the content of this podcast is NFSW. It has some bad words, some potty words. It's Stefan again from a comedy advice podcast. You guys are saying, what? It's been like three times this week. Pump the brakes, kid. No, I'm like Nick Cage and gone in 60 seconds. I'm going to go fast and I'm going to bring you episode after episode. By the way, if they made a prequel to gone in 60 seconds, would it be came in 60 seconds? Food for thought. Anyway, I have a super Super duper duper special guest for y'all today. It is the one, the only Josh Blue. Josh Blue, he is, oh, what's a word beyond hilarious? He is so witty. He's so funny. He is just the master of jokes. Oh, I like that. He's the master of jokes. And I've, he has five specials out. You may have seen him across Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Showtime. Wherever, and I just saw his last special, Broccoli. Whoo! I was a hooting, I was a hollering, I was shaking in my boots. There was a snake in my boots. I don't know. I couldn't tell because of all the laughter. So I had such a great time speaking with him. It was, mm, it was just such an honor, and I loved it. And we joked around, we joshed. And God, he's just such a nice dude. So I really hope you guys enjoy the episode. And for all you Phoenix listeners, if you are able and you're not vulnerable and you're cautious, then go out and see him in Phoenix this weekend. The link is going to be in the show notes. And then other than that, support him. He's got his YouTube page that is awesome, hilarious. He's got his Instagram. Follow him. Show him some support, please. Thank you. And, you know, I I was feeling down yesterday and I started reading and I I was reading that the best way to get out of a slump, to get out of a hump, slump hump, I don't know, whatever the word is, you're supposed to give to others. And so that really helps out. So if you want, if you're feeling down, give to me because that'll make me feel better too. And if you want to give to me through leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, or subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can do these things. Tell friends about the blessed word of a comedy advice podcast with Stefan. Tell them about your buddy Stefan, your good old pal. And if you guys want to support financially, the link to the Patreon page is in the show notes. So you can click on that and then you can help make this a much better podcast than it is. Maybe even get a new co-host or get another co-host. I can buy like a little Stefan. Now like a baby? I don't know where I'm going with this. I can buy a baby. Just rent him out for the episodes and he can provide some really soothing background noise like Uh, I know that I do that already, but we can have two, so it'll be in harmony. Anyway, guys, enough ramblings. I'm going to cut to the chase and let you guys listen. Love you. A comedy advice podcast. An advice podcast for Devin and friends to make exaggerated statements not meant to be taken literally. What was that, Stefan? A comedy advice podcast. (laughs) Hello. Good morning, Josh. How are you? Good. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are things there? Are you guys 
all dying? Um, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm okay. Uh, the numbers have started to go up a little bit. So yeah. it's uh, not great. But I don't think it's anywhere near anything like New York or California. So Oh, good. Yeah. What about you? How's Colorado? Yeah, our numbers are spiking right now. Oh, my God. And the whole damn state's on fire. So we're having a good year here, too. So <laughs> Yeah, definitely not Armageddon or anything. Just uh, no, know, a, pl- no. a plague and natural disaster. But it's, you know what? For You guys are making beautiful sunsets for us, though, because we see oh, like the um, remnants of the fire. So it's really nice. Really Perfect. Right. Well, I'm glad that it only took millions of acres to do that for you. <laughs> Irreplaceable forest. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the ingredient for a magical sunset. It's just millions of acres of forest. Perfect. All right. Well, everybody, welcome <laughs> to a comedy advice podcast. My name is Stefan Satani, and I am your host. Joining me today is a very special guest. He was the winner of season four's last comic standing on NBC. He has five specials that have been released on Showtime, Netflix, Hulu, Comedy Central, and Amazon. Everybody, please welcome Josh Blue. Well, howdy. Hey. How's it going? Good, good. I, God, I just feel I feel important reading your bio, so I don't know what it's like to be <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's a little surreal, like, oh, man, I did all that? <laughs> it's amazing. And you've been doing comedy. I mean, you won Last Comic Standing in 2006. You've been doing comedy for, what, 20 years? Yeah, maybe not quite 20, but coming up on it for sure. That's amazing. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. And I've seen a lot of your specials. I just saw the most recent one, Broccoli, which is brilliant. Oh, thanks, man. Which I want to talk about in a second. But I wanted to ask, what got you into comedy in the first place? How did you start? Drugs. Just lots of drugs. (laughs) Uh, You know, I started in college, actually. I just... uh... Somewhere got it in my head that I could do stand-up, and I, I tried it on an open mic on campus, you know, uh-huh. open mic for poetry and music, and then I went up there and did my thing, and it just hit really well, and uh, I just kind of never looked back, man. I just kept doing it and doing it, and it just kept building and building and building and building, and here we are, five specials later. That's amazing. And I was just going to ask, too, on the open mic, were you the only comic? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Definitely only comic. So, <laughs> you know, it was, uh, I had no frame of reference, you know. If you go to another open mic where there's comics, you're like, oh, okay, that's kind of how you do it. That's what you do. Me, it was just like, all right, you're in between the uh, beat poet and the uh, singer-songwriter <laughs> who just sang a song about coming out. Oh my god! Uh, and I went up there like, "What's up, fuckers?" <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's hilarious. And speaking of speaking of comedy, music, etc., I know, and you talked a little bit about being friends with the lead singer of the Lumineers, and I had heard yeah. that you also open for them at times yeah i was gonna ask maybe you got your experience early on at the open mic but what is it like when people go to a concert and they're not really expecting comedy to happen is that more of a challenge yeah traditionally music and comedy is a tough uh combo because 
mm-hmm. you're there to see the band, you don't give a shit about the comic. But um, he, the singer Wesley, is gracious enough that he'll actually come out himself on stage and introduce me. So by him coming on stage and saying, hey, this is my friend, give him some uh, respect and attention, it really buys me a, a ton of uh, of uh, leeway, you know, kind of just, um, it gives me a window to prove myself. And then, you know, you you listen to my first two jokes, you're hooked in, and then I take you from there. Nice, nice. Okay, so you aren't you aren't trying to mess with the audience and then come out with a guitar and be like, "Oh, you guys thought I was going to play music?" No, man. Uh, you know, it's already hard enough to get them on your side in that situation because you know everybody's standing up and and you know it's just it's different setting than uh, a stand up show would be, but it works and it's so fun, you know. I didn't think about that, but yeah, everybody is kind of standing up and maybe they're in the mood to like rock back and forth. But, um, yeah. you know, if, if you get them in, you get them hooked with the jokes. That's awesome. Well, good. Yeah. And, and, you know, I always tell them I don't want to do more than 20 minutes because the new people that come in to get seated or to, to come in the venue are, are unaware of what they're walking into, you know? Yeah, I give myself yeah. a twenty-minute set and rip it, and, and yeah, so nice. I wanted to also talk about your special broccoli that was released July twenty-first of this year, which was some yeah. much-needed laughter for a lot of quarantined folks. But I wanted to first just say your album, the special, was brilliant. I laughed all the way through, as well as the audience. It was just funnies all the way around. Oh, thanks. I also want to call you. I think I might crown you as the callback king because throughout the special it was just like from little ricky to going and (laughs) and stopping for and looking for a tree to to set your roots or the hooker on the roof it was just all these beautiful jokes at first and then just callback 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 and I, I I'm a huge fan of callbacks, but to see so many so brilliantly placed, and then there were some that were like you placed them way ahead or way forward, and you were like, "Do you guys remember that the ice sculpture? You remember that?" <laughs> and it made it even funnier. So I wanted to ask, did I mean it seems like do you just go and write your sets or write the special, and then you're like, you know what, this is a good place for the comeback. This is a good place. This is a good place, and you just put them as like cherries on top at the end. Or how do you do it? Nah, man, I've never written anything down. So I just um, go on stage and I tell the jokes. And then, you know, before the pandemic, I was doing 200 shows a year. So that's pretty much a lot of shows every week. So it was just a constant um, morphing of, of the set. So, And then each time I do something new that works, Somehow I'm able to retain it and then uh-huh. do it the next time and do it the next time. And, and it just keeps building and building and building. So callbacks, wow. um, you know, they just come in literally on stage. Like they'll just pop in my head when I'm there. And then if it works, then then I go. Yeah, I always, uh, I always pride myself on my callbacks. So I, I really I really love doing them. And I feel like it's a fun way to... Um, yeah, you know, just I don't understand why more comics don't do them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe they have bad memory. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be it. 
but you i know you talked to just talked about it right now of doing 200 shows a year and i think i heard on a an interview you were saying not one of them is the same and i guess that makes sense with if you're 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 kind of just constantly using it as like a training ground slash use, you know, using what you learned from the last time and key and building on foundations and then callbacks. It seems like an awesome place to just continue to nurture and foster your comedy. Right. And I don't, then I don't get bored of it. And, and if it's like, um, you know, if it's constantly changing and constantly, um, you know, it's called the routine for a reason because you do the same jokes over and over again. But when I, leave it up to like the moment or feeling the vibe in the room and then okay they need this joke now they need this joke now obviously there's a lot of um um like when you have callbacks you definitely have to do the first joke first and <laughs> yeah. do the call back later i've done that before where i called back to a joke i never did That's oh no <laughs> yeah that I was like, what happened? And then my girlfriend was like, you didn't even set that joke up. I was like, uh, <laughs> oh, man. Well, it happens to the <laughs> best of us. But I, I was also going to say, I loved, it just seemed like you have, when I watch comedy specials, and I'll have some guests on here that have specials, they might just be on one theme or they might have one pattern of joke sets with some sprinkled in. But you had the callbacks, you had one-liners, great one-liner about Judge Judy. I'm not going to divulge too much <laughs> because people, there's going to be a link in the show notes. You should watch this special. Uh, it's so please good. do, yeah. Um, you're also your vegan girlfriend when you were <laughs> talking about making a yeah. joke for her. Yeah. Um, but I, I also really liked where you were able to, and I feel like you do such a good job of this, of like understanding the perspective of others where, and one thing that I also found really nice was in the special, you were saying, oh, you know, some people, they say that I talk too much about cerebral palsy on stage, but you bring it back with some like four or five jokes to make your point. But you're like, I talk from the perspective of someone with cerebral palsy, which I think is totally beautiful and something that is when I'm encouraged to write or when I see people perform on stage, their perspective is like what really hooks me into them. And I feel like you do such a good job of that throughout your jokes that I do totally agree with you. It's like from your perspective and that makes you like truly authentic and truly hilarious throughout the jokes that you make. Well, thanks. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely um, I'm speaking from a unique point of view, but I try right. to make it accessible to my audience, and and everybody has um, the same experiences in life, with just a different story or path a lot of the time. So I always yeah. try to make things that you you yourself can relate to. Maybe you don't have cerebral palsy, but you still have things that you have overcome or or, or have to deal with in your day to day life. Yeah, and right. I've always just been brutally honest about my life. So if you watch my specials all in a row, you see like I'm telling you all the details of my life. You know, I'm not really these aren't just jokes made up. There's shit that really happened. <laughs> it's been such an interesting life too. I was listening to a couple other specials, and one you were talking about how you were born in Cameroon, and then you yeah. spent a year later in Senegal, and that's where you really started to kind of um look at some of the issues that there were in africa of people you know like finding 
stuff like food and shoes and stuff and yeah it started to change your perspective i also bringing it to the stage and and jokes that i saw in broccoli too where you (laughs) when you made jokes that are like my son is a great climber my his mom is japanese and then everyone's like and you kind of anticipated you knew the perspectives of people and then you broke it down you're like yeah half of you people were like that's inappropriate I don't know why, but that's inappropriate. And then the other half are like, are Japanese good climbers? It just feels like you're so astute and you yeah. have such a good, um, not just grasp on your own perspective, but you kind of know what audience people, what audience is going to think and and kind of drive it yourself to make it even more funny. So Right. Self-awareness, too, of like how people see me and able to point that out and... and you know, basically shove it down back down your throat. <laughs> you know, if you're going to have a preconceived idea of disability, then I'm going to force feed you your idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I So I know you're going to be here this week in Phoenix, Arizona. When was yep. the last time you've been to Phoenix? Uh, probably last year. Usually I go there at least once a year. It's one of my favorite, uh, venues. The Tempe Improv is, uh, one of my first clubs that I was headlining in back in the day too. So I have lots of history there. Oh, that's Uh, awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Tempe Improv is a great place. Um, and I was, I was going to say too, I know that you were doing 200 shows a year with the pandemic, the show's yeah. kind of stopped. I know things are opening up again, but I saw on your YouTube page that you were doing a little axe throwing. Um, I think oh, playing yeah. with the chainsaw. What have been your hobbies? What have you been doing to pass the time in lieu of doing shows? Well, I got two kids, so that definitely, you know, I went from being a touring comic to being a homeschool teacher, which I was ill-prepared for. But, uh, <laughs> no. um, you know, I've I've actually honestly been kind of enjoying the slowdown um like i said i've been doing 200 shows a year for 16 years so that's a average of being on a plane every three days so it's um a lot of travel so it's been nice just kind of um not having to get on a plane every other day and and uh i've been doing some zoom shows originally I hated the idea of those. They're horrendous, not very uh, conducive to stand up. But I just kind of told myself, like, this is the way right now. This this is probably going to stick around for a while. So quit bitching and and, and figure it out. So now I don't mind doing Zoom shows. You just have to think of it like it's not like a stand up show. It's just a different a different entity. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of just like sex with a condom on. You don't really feel the laughter, but it's there. So right. it's still happening. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just not as fun for both parties, but it is there there's some sort of pleasure you can get out of it. There's still a bit of mental pleasure, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Josh, I am so excited, as is the rest of Phoenix, to be seeing you this weekend. A link is going to be in the show notes for the tickets. We're going to go into the self-help portion of the podcast and give some advice. But I was going to ask, is there anything that you want to plug, anything that you've got going on um, beyond the shows that you would like to share with 
my audience? Yeah, you know, I've just been really uh, putting a lot of work into my YouTube channel, which is just Josh Bluetube. So we started posting uh, regularly every week, and, and I got a ton of old clips. Like, I took a video with me, like, 10 years ago and recorded a ton of old shows. So we're bringing back some some gems and some heckler moments and stuff like that, which is really cool. And then I'm putting some more videos out, just like sketches and shit like that. And then uh, I love Instagram. It's probably my favorite form of social media. And that's just Josh Blue Comedy. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and get into the advice. Josh, I was going to ask, are you a good advice giver? Are you? Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Perfect. I thought so. I had the feeling. All right. Well, we're going to start before answering the questions by reflecting on an inspirational quote. So I've got one here, but before I give mine, I was going to ask, I like to ask my guests if they have any inspirational quotes that help get them through their dark days. Oh, man. I mean, one of my favorites is Muhammad Ali says, it's hard to be humble when you're this good. (laughs) That's a great, great quote. I love that. All right. Perfect. We're going to move on to this quote that I've got. It's actually not by a person at all. It's by a robot. And the robot's name is Inspirobot. And what it does is it uses AI to take some of the wisest words known to man and just mash them together for a tasty little quote. All right. So this quote this week by InspireBot, it says, The experience of being a decent human being can be a lot similar to being a contract killer. Okay. So, I mean, I think there's a lot we can extract from that quote. Uh, First off, I know that it it sends us to be like, what? But then I think InspireBot might have a little bit of a point because if you're a contract killer, I feel like you have to be very professional. You have to be on time for your appointments or else you're not going to kill it. You have to be accountable. So you have to kind of clean up after your messes. Yeah, yes. You have to know your audience exactly because if not, um, bad things can happen. So I'm seeing a couple parallels here with the Inspire Black quote. No, I think think for Robot, it was dead on. Yeah, good job, Inspire Bot. All right, now that we're inspired from Muhammad Ali and Inspire Bot, we're going to go into some questions. This first one, it was found on Reddit from our fan, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. It says, I love my girlfriend but I hate kissing her. I honestly don't know what to do anymore. I love her and I don't want to lose her, but when she kisses me, I get grossed out. I don't think I will ever be able to tell her because I would never want to hurt her like that. It's just that every time she kisses me, it feels like all I can think about are greasy faces, how moist it is, and her breathing on me. Please help. Wow. (laughs) That's a... Man, that's uh, quite a pickle you're in there, bud. Uh, try making out with a dog for a while, and then, uh, then you might appreciate how lovely your girlfriend is. You know what? That is actually pretty good. Sorry, I started to squeak there for a bit, but when I hear good advice, that's what happens. I feel I like, like a squeak toy. All right. Yeah, that's good advice. So I feel like <laughs> it, <laughs> just like on the dog theme. But if you go to something like just like you went to Senegal and you thought, you know what, I have it great. 
compared to the conditions that these people have. So if you go and make out with a dog, then make out with your girlfriend, I feel like you're not going to feel as bad because the dog... Or you could open you up to new opportunities if you like dog right. stuff. But well, I think you can that... probably guess that your girlfriend's not licking her butthole. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes, exactly. We don't. We're assuming the girlfriend isn't that flexible and uses toilet paper or a bidet right. or a combination. Sounds like the dude has some OCD going or something, man. Yeah, that's what I think too. I I think that you. I mean, maybe you go see a therapist. Maybe. Um, what he says, greasy faces, how moist it is, and her breathing on me. Well, maybe some clear, like some uh, clear cell, and uh, maybe a a dry towel or something to get yes. that moisture off. Be like, babe, I want to present some toys into our lovemaking, and here is a towel that dries off your greasy face and some acne medication. And that just revs me up. So then you can apply it to her. Her face will be dry and not so moist. Also, right. I don't I don't know if you're making out in a sauna, but just make sure you're, you're making out in a dry, arid place. I feel like that'll also help you out. Yeah, I mean, Phoenix, Phoenix is pretty dry, right? I mean... Oh, yeah. Real, <laughs> yeah, real dry. Amazing. I don't have to worry about any moist faces here when I'm doing kissing, so... Or maybe just a drought-stricken land, you know? Just just make out in drought areas. <laughs> yeah, maybe pay attention to the humidity each day and be like, babe, it's below 30% humidity. Let's get it on. So you could even just check up on the weather on where you're at or go to that drought oasis. Sure. No, I agree. I, um, I agree. Or maybe just... um. I don't know, man. That, that's quite a dilemma. I mean, I, I have so many other questions. Like, does the grossness stop at the kissing, or can you still have sex? Because that seems like there's a lot more moisture and grease involved. <laughs> that is... Oh, God, I didn't think about that. Yes, and bad breath. There might be some odors there, too. So, I don't... Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, we got to have a talk with this guy, or he's he's got to seek some help, I think. Because uh, yeah, I think professional help, maybe. Yeah, or some ecstasy, and then you wouldn't care. But. Oh yeah, that's true. If you take ex, this is a very rookie question, but if you take ecstasy and you have sex, can you have it again while not on ecstasy? I'm sure it's been done. That's true. Us humans, <laughs> we've. We found right, ways to have sex. Yeah. Oh, bless you. Bless you. Um, all right. I Thank feel like you. we're going to move on to the next and last question. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> this is how this is actually from Reddit as well. Found from our fan, Cameron. Thank you, Cameron. It says, how do I tell my aunt I skated into a moving bus? The other day, I decided to skate down to Starbucks to get me a coffee, and on the way back, I turned across the road, and before I knew it, I crashed into the side of a moving bus. It snapped my board in half and left me on the floor. Uh, I got up and gathered my board and just walked back. When I walked back to check myself over, I had a huge bump on my head. I told my aunt and uncle I had fallen off my board on the pavement, and my board had rolled on the ground and got run over by a bus. They said I could go to the doctor... But I don't know if the doctor will believe my story. What do I do? Well, 
maybe we could take it Ooh. one step back and say look both ways before you cross the road i feel like i learned that one pretty young um i know it's retrospective but i feel like it could prevent further encounters with a bus and crashing into it yeah i mean maybe more spatial awareness in general and then um i don't know why you need to confess i mean i feel like they bought your story just go with it that's true i, mean, I think the doctor would buy your story too yeah or tell him you were beat up by uh i don't know you could tell him it was a mauling or a have some fun with it, you know? You you could say your aunt and uncle if you don't like them. I don't know. Yeah. They don't believe my story, so they did it. They, yeah. It was my aunt uh, and uncle. They hit me in the same spot, so the bump grew especially big. Right. So yeah, please, yeah, for sure. Please take them away. Yeah, but, I, I mean, you're right. I think the doctor will buy it. I don't think the doctor is going to be like, wait a second. This looks like a bus bump. This is not a sidewalk. Yeah, the doctor's there to fix you, not like judge your. I mean, your where you got the injury from. That's right. And frankly, if you run into a parked bus, you kind of deserve that shit. So, I I agree. I think there should be some sort of scarlet letter, maybe like a little school bus sticker that you should have. Right. That says, "I ran into a parked bus." So please idiot beware beware of me i i i kind of agree with that josh because i feel like if you crash into buses how many people have you accidentally ran into like how many things have you done in your life that have caused harm to others i'm sure the bus is okay maybe there's a dent on the bus i mean a bus is a, a pretty big vehicle to not see that's huge if it was like i bumped into a smart car I might give you some slack, but right. a bus. That's like skateboarding into a broadside of a barn or something. <laughs> I didn't see it. That's actually our next question. I skated into <laughs> a barn. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that is the last question. Josh, thank you again for taking the time to join me talk a little bit about yourself, your shows, and give some hearty advice for these poor, poor actual souls that are out there somewhere. Poor sap. Yeah. But thank you again one more time because my fans, you know, they need things repeated twice. What have you got going on? Where can people find you? And, uh, you know, what do you want to plug? Again, uh, my YouTube channel, uh, just Josh Bluetube. And then... uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter is all Josh Blue Comedy, and uh, I've really been enjoying that. And then, obviously, check out Broccoli and all my other specials, which are on Amazon Prime right now. Nice. And in Broccoli, you wear a especially fashionable shirt with a broccoli. Yeah. Is the plural, is the singular Broccolo? Broccolo? Anyway, you have a broccoli on it made by your sister. You also right now have an eggplant shirt. I think both made, made by, by your sister. sister. Yeah, yeah. She nice. does my wardrobe for me, which is fun. She oh. hand sews all these and cuts them out, so they're all all uh, made with love. Oh, that's and beautiful. I, and we sell the broccoli shirts online, so if you get one at justblue.com, I'll sign it and ship it out to you. Oh, nice. That's awesome. I was planning on getting one myself. I wasn't sure about broccoli or eggplant. I think broccoli because that was my favorite 
vegetable. Well, and if you go on the site, there's a link to her page, and you can actually request anything you want. So if you want some asparagus, you can get some. Or or anything. She'll do meat. She don't care. Oh, okay. Okay. Like a little yeah, prime Anything rib. you think of. Yeah. Anything you think of. She's, she's good. Oh, damn. All right. Okay. Might have to go outside the, the pyramid here and go with something special. Okay. I'll think about that. All right. Well, thank you, Josh, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me on, bro. Thank you. Sounds good. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.